Welcome back everyone to the Revealed Thine Truth podcast, episode 7. We will be discussing Elizabeth Short, aka the Black Dahlia. As always, before we get jump right in, uh, do make sure to follow us on Instagram at our Thine Truth Show. Also, um, follow me on there as well at Billy Burn Official, <clears throat> so you can hear updates on other episodes or updates. And yeah, I hope everyone is staying safe out there, taking precautions. And yeah, let's get right into it. So, childhood. Elizabeth Short was born on July 29th, 1924, in the Hyde Park section of Boston, Massachusetts, the third of five daughters of Cleo and Phoebe May Short, nay Sawyer, around 1927. The Short family relocated to Portland, Maine, before settling in Medford, Massachusetts, a Boston suburb, the same year. This is where Short was raised and spent most of her life. Short's father built miniature golf courses until the 1929 stock market crash, when he lost most of his savings and the family became broke. In 1930, her father's car was found abandoned, on the Charlestown Bridge, and it was assumed that he had committed suicide by jumping into the Charles River. Believing her husband to be deceased, Short's mother moved with her five daughters into a small apartment in Medford and worked as a bookkeeper to support them. Troubled by bronchitis and severe asthma, Attacks, short underwent lung surgery at age 15, after which doctors suggested she relocate to a milder climate during the winter months to prevent further respiratory problems. Short's mother then sent her to spend winters in Miami, Florida with family friends. During the next three years, Short lived in Florida during the winter months and spent the rest of the year in Medford with her mother and sisters. In her sophomore year, Short dropped out of Medford High School, relocation to California. In late 1942, Short's mother received a letter of apology from her presumed deceased husband, which revealed that he was in fact alive and had started a new life in California. In December at age 18, Short relocated to Vallejo to live with her father, whom she had not seen since she was 60 years old. At the time, he was working at the nearby Mare Island Naval Shipyard on San Francisco Bay. Arguments between Short and her father led to her moving out in January of 1943. Shortly after, she took a job at the base exchange at Camp Cook, now Vandenberg Air Force Base, near Lompoc. Living with several friends, 
and briefly with an Army Air Force sergeant who reportedly abused her. Short left Lompoc in mid-1943 and moved to Santa Barbara, where she was arrested on September 23, 1943 for underage drinking at a local bar. The juvenile authorities sent her back to Medford, but she returned instead to Florida, making only occasional visits to Massachusetts. While in Florida, Short met Major Matthew Michael Gordon Jr., a decorated Army Air Force officer at the 2nd Air Commando Group. He was training to, for deployment to the China-Burma-India Theatre of Operations of World War II. Short told friends that Gordon had written to propose marriage and while he was recovering from injuries from a plane crash in India, she accepted this offer, but Gordon died in a second crash on August 10th, 1945, less than a week before the surrender of Japan ended the war. She relocated to Los Angeles in July 1946 to visit Army Air Force Lieutenant Joseph Gordon Fickling, whom she had known from Florida. Fickling was stationed in the Naval Reserve Air Base in Long Beach. Short spent the last six months of her life in Southern California. Mostly in the Los Angeles area shortly before her death. She had been working as a waitress and rented a room behind the Florentine Gardens nightclub on Hollywood Boulevard. Short has been variously described and depicted as an aspiring or would-be actress. According to some sources, she did in fact have aspirations to be a film star, though she had no known acting jobs or credits. Prior to murder on January 9, 1947, Short returned to her home in Los Angeles after a brief trip to San Diego with Robert Red Manley, a 25-year-old married salesman she had been dating. Manley stated that he dropped Short off at the Biltmore Hotel, located at 506 South Grand Avenue in downtown Los Angeles, and that Short was to meet her sister, who was visiting from Boston. That afternoon, by some accounts, staff at the Biltmore recalled having seen Short using the lobby telephone. Shortly after, she was allegedly seen by patrons of the Crown Grilled Cocktail Lounge at 754 South Olive Street, approximately 0.4 miles away from the Biltmore Hotel. Discovery on the morning of January 15, 1947, Short's naked body was found severed into two pieces on a vacant lot in, on the west side of South Norton Avenue. Midway between Coliseum Street and West 39th Street in Lamer Park, Los Angeles. At the time, the neighbourhood was largely undeveloped 
Local resident Betty Berzinger discovered the body at approximately 10 a.m. while walking with her three-year-old daughter. Berzinger initially thought she had found a discarded store mannequin. When she realised it was a corpse, she rushed to a nearby house and telephoned the police. Short, severely mutilated body was completely severed, severed at the waist and drained of blood, leaving her skin a pallid white. Medical examiners determined that she had been dead for around 10 hours prior to the, the discovery, leaving her time of death either sometime during the event during the evening, sorry, of January 14th or the early morning hours of January 15th. The body had apparently been washed by the killer, so its face had been slashed from the corners of her mouth to her ears, creating an effect known as the Glasgow smile. She had several cuts on her thigh and breasts where entire portions of flesh had been sliced away. <clears throat> the lower half of her body was positioned position a foot away from the upper and her intestines had been tucked neatly beneath her buttocks. The corpse had been po posed with her hands over her head, her elbows bent at right angles and her legs spread apart. Upon the discovery, a crowd of both passerby and reporters began to gather. Los Angeles Herald Express reporter Aggie Underwood was among the first to arrive at the scene and took several photos of the corpse and crime scene. Near the body, detectives located a heel print on the ground amid the tire tracks and a cement sack containing Watery blood was also found nearby. <coughs> autopsy and identification. An autopsy of Short's body was performed on January 16th, 1947, by Frederick Newbar, the Los Angeles County Coroner. Newbar's autopsy report stated that Short was 5 feet 5 inches tall, weighed 115 pounds, and had blue, light blue eyes, brown hair, and bow and badly decayed teeth. There were ligature marks on her ankles, wrists, and neck, and an irregular laceration with superficial tissue loss on her right breast. Newbar also noted superficial lacerations on the right forearm, left upper arm and the lower left side of the chest. The body had been cut completely in half by a technique taught in the 1930s called a hemicorpectomy. Hemicorpectomy. The lower half of her body had been removed by trans tran transecting the lumbar spine between the second and third lumbar vertebrae, thus severing the intestine at the duodenum, Newbar's report noted very little ecchymosis bruising along the incision line, suggesting it had, it had been performed after death.
another gaping laceration measuring 4.25 inches in length ran longitudinally from the from the umbilicus to the suprapubic region. The laceration on each side of the face, which extended from the corners of the lips, were measured at three inches on the right side of the of the face and two point five inches on the left. The skull was not fractured, but there was bruising noted on the front and right side of her scalp, with a small amount of bleeding in the sub subarachnoid space on the right side, consistent with blows to the head. The cause of death was determined to be hemorrhaging from the lacerations to her face and the shock from blows to the head and face. Nubar noted that Sort's anal canal was dilated at 1.75 inches, suggesting that she may have been raped. Samples were taking, taken from her body, testing for the presence of sperm, but the results came back negative. Prior to the autopsy, police had quickly been able to ad- identify the victim as sought after sending copies of her fingerprints to Washington, D.C. via sound photo, a primitive fax machine of the era. The prints matched to those given by Short during her 1943 arrest. Immediately following Short's identification, reporters from William Randolph Hearst's Los Angeles Examiner contacted her mother, Phoebe Short, in Boston, and told her that her daughter had won a beauty contest. It was only after prying as much personal information as they could from Phoebe that the reporters revealed that her daughter had in fact been murdered. The newspaper offered to pay her airfare and accommodation if she would travel to Los Angeles to help with the police investigation. That was yet another ploy since the newspaper kept her away from police and other reporters to protect its scoop. The Examiner and another Hearst newspaper, the Los Angeles Herald Express, later sensationalised the case with one article from the Examiner describing the black tailored tailored suit Sort was last seen wearing as a tight skirt and a sheer blouse. Sheer blouse, sorry. The media nicknamed her as the Black Dahlia and described her as an adventurous who prowled Hollywood Boulevard additional newspaper reports such as one published in the Los Angeles Times on January 17th deemed the murder a sex fiend slaying. So they pretty much assumed that Elizabeth Short was a prostitute. They were essentially like saying or assuming that she was a prostitute, prostitute when in fact she wasn't. That is my understanding from having gone through <coughs> what we've gone through. I'm just going to take, take a little bit of a minute break while I take a, a sip.
sequences of timeless entertainment on drama. <coughs> Excuse me, right. A missile investigation, letters and interviews. On January 21st, 1947, a person claiming to be Short's killer placed a phone call to the office of James Richardson, the editor of the Examiner, congratulating Richardson on the newspaper's coverage of the case and stated he planned on eventually turning himself in, but not before allowing police to pursue him further. Additionally, the coroner has told Richardson to expect some souvenirs of Beth Short in the mail. On January 24th, so three days later, a suspicious Manila Manila envelope was discovered by a U.S. Postal Service worker. The envelope had been addressed to, excuse me, the Los Angeles Examiner and other Los Angeles papers with individual words that had been cut out and pasted from newspaper clippings. Additionally, a large message on the face of the envelope read, Here is Daria's belongings, letter to follow. The envelope contained Short's birth certificate, business cards, photographs, names written on pieces of paper, and an address book with the name Mark Hansen embossed on the cover. The package had been carefully cleaned with gasoline, similarly to Short's body which led police to suspect the package had been sent directly by her killer. Despite the efforts to clean the packet, several partial fingerprints were lifted from the envelope and sent to the Federal Bureau of Investigation for testing. However, the prints were compromised in transit and thus could not be properly analysed. The same day the package was received by the examiner, a handbag and a black suede shoe were reported to have been seen on top of a garbage can in an alley a short distance from Norton Avenue, two miles from where Short's body had been discovered. The items were recovered by police, but they had also been wiped clean with gasoline, destroying any fingerprints. On March 14th, an apparent suicide note scrawled in pencil on a bit of tools gap was found tucked in a shoe in a pile of men's clothing by the ocean's edge at the foot of Breeze Avenue, Venice. The note read, To whom it may concern, I have waited for the police to capture me for the Black Dahlia killing. But I have not. I am too much of a coward to turn myself in. So this is the best way out for me. I couldn't help myself for that or this, sorry Mary. The pile of clothing was first seen by a beach caretaker who reported the discovery to John Dillon. Lifeguard Captain Dillon immediately notified Captain Ellie Christensen of West Los Angeles Police Station the clothes included a coat and trousers of blue herringbone tweed, 
a brown and white wide shirt, white jockey shorts, tan socks and tan moccasin leather shoes. Size about eight, the clothes gave no clue about the, the identity of the owner. Police quickly deemed Mark Henson, the owner of the address book, found in the packet a suspect. Hansen was a wealthy local nightclub and theatre owner, and an acquaintance at whose home sort had stayed with friends. <coughs> and according to some sources, he also confirmed that the purse and shoe discovered in the alley were in fact Elizabeth Shorts. Anne Toth, Shorts' friend and, her, and roommate, told investigators that Shorts had recently rejected sexual advances from Hansen and suggested it as a potential cause for him to kill her. However, he was cleared of suspicion in the case. In addition to Hansen, the Los Angeles Police Department interviewed over 150 men in the ensuing weeks, whom they believed to be potential suspects. Manley, who had been one of them, one of the last people to see Elizabeth Short alive, was also investigated, but was cleared of suspicion after passing numerous polygraph examinations. Even though polygraph tests aren't exactly 100% accurate, but for some reason the police still like to go by them. Uh, police also interviewed several persons found listed listed in Hansen's address book, including Martin Lewis, who had been an acquaintance of Short's. Lewis was able to provide an alibi for the date of Short's murder. As he was in Portland, Oregon, Visiting his father-in-law, he was dying of kidney failure. A total of 750 investigators from the LAPD and other departments worked on the case during its initial stage, stages, sorry, including 400 sheriffs, deputies and 250 California State Patrol officers. Various locations were searched for potential evidence including storm drains throughout Los Angeles, abandoned structures and various sites along the Los Angeles River, but the searches yielded no further evidence. City Councilman Lloyd G. Lloyd G. Davis posted a $10,000 equivalent to $114,501 in 2019 reward for information leading police to Elizabeth Short's killer. After the announcement of the reward, various persons came forward with confessions, most of which police dismissed as false. Several of the false confessions were charged with obstruction of justice. Media response declined. On January 26, another letter was received by the examiner this time handwritten, which read, Here it is, turning in Wednesday, Jan 29th at 10am. Had my phone at police, Black Dahlia Avenger. The letter also named a location at which the supposed killer would turn himself in. 
police waited at the location on the morning of January 29th, but the alleged killer did not appear. Instead, at 1pm, the examiner officer received another cut and pasted letter which read, have changed my mind. You will not give me a square deal. Daria killing was justified. <coughs> the graphic nature of the crime and the subsequent letters received by the examiner had resulted in a media frenzy surrounding the short's murder. Both local and national publications covered the story heavily, many of which reprinted sensationalistic reports suggesting that Short had been tortured for hours prior to her death. The information, however, was false, yet the police allowed the, stu- allowed the reports to circulate so as to conceal Short's true course of death. Cerebral hemorrhage from the public. Further reports about Short's personal life were publicised, including details about her alleged declining of Hansen's romantic advances. Additionally, a stripper who was an acquaintance of Short's told police that she liked to get guys worked up over her, but she'd leave them hanging dry. This led some reporters, namely the Herald Express's Bevo Means and detectives, to look into the possibility that Short was a lesbian and began and began questioning employees and patrons of gay bars in Los Angeles. This claim, however, remained unsubstantiated. The Herald Express also received several letters from the purported killer, again made with cut and pasted clippings, one of which read, I will give up on Dahlia killing if I get 10 years. Don't try to find me. Why why is it that these men or women who commit these crimes think they are so think that they are so clever and they can outwit outwit police. That just boggles, boggles my mind. Like, how stupid can you be to think that you are so smart that you can evade police and think, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get caught. Then clearly, you know, I mean, with. You must be clearly be on a different planet because <coughs> they obviously think that, but you know. On February 1st, the Los Angeles Daily News reported that the case had run into a stone wall with no new leads for investigators to pursue. The examiner continued to run stories on the murder and the investigation which was front-page news for 35 days following the discovery of of the body. When interviewed, lead investigator Captain Jack Donahue told the press that he believed Short's murder had taken place in a remote building or shack on the outskirts of Los Angeles and her body transported into the city where it was disposed of. Excuse me, based on the precise cuts and dissection of Short's corpse, 
the NAPD looked into the possibility that the murderer may have been a surgeon, doctor or someone with medical knowledge. In mid-February 1947, the NAPD served a warrant to the University of Southern California Medical School, which was located near the site where Short's body had been discovered, requesting a complete list of the program's students. The university agreed so long as the students' identities remained private. Background checks were conducted, but they yielded no, result, no results. <coughs> Grand jury and aftermath. By the spring of 1947, Short's murder had become a cold case with, a, with few new leads. Sergeant Finnis Brown, one of the lead detectives on the case, blamed the press for compromising the investigation. Three reporters probing of details and unverified reporting. In September 1949, a grand jury convened to discuss inadequacies in the LAPD's homicide unit based on their failure to solve numerous murders, especially those of women and children. In the past several years, Schwartz being one of them, in the aftermath of the grand jury, further investigation was done on Short's past, with detectives tracing her movements between Massachusetts, California and Florida, and also interviewed people who knew her in Texas and New Orleans. However, the interviews yielded no useful information on the murder. <coughs> Suspects and Confessions Main, main article, Black Dahlia Suspects. The notoriety of Short's murder was spurred, has spurred sorry, a large number of confessions over the years, many of which have been deemed false during the initial investigation into her murder. Police received a total of 60 confessions, mostly made by men. Since that time, over 500 people have confessed to the crime, some of whom had not even been born at the time of her death. Right. Okay. Sergeant John P. Since John, a detective who worked the case until his retirement, stated, It is amazing how many people offer up a relative as the killer. And it is. Um, in 2003, Ralph Asdale, one of the original detectives on the case, told the Times that he believed he had interviewed Short's killer, a man who had been seen with his sedan parked near the vacant lot where her body was discovered in the early morning hours of January 15th, 1947. A neighbour driving by that day stopped to dispose of a bag of lawn clippings in the vacant lot when he saw a parked sedan Allegedly, with its right rear door open, the driver of the sedan was standing in the lot. His arrival apparently startled the owner of the sedan, who approached his car and peered in the window before returning to the sedan and driving away. The owner of the sedan was followed to a local restaurant where he worked, but was ultimately cleared of suspicion. 
Suspects remaining under discussion by various authors and experts include a doctor named Walter Bailey, proposed by the former Times copy editor Larry Hammers, Times publisher Norman Chandler, whom biographer Donald Wolfe claims impregnated short, Leslie Dillon, Joseph A. Dumas, Art Lane aka Jeff Connors, Mark Hansen, Dr. Francis E. Sweeney, Orson Wells, George Hodel, Hodel's friend, Fred Sexton, George Knowlton, Robert M. Red Manley, Patrick S. O'Reilly, and Jack Anderson Wilson. Police came to consider George Hill, Hodel Jr., a suspect after the 1947 murder of Elizabeth Short. He was never formally charged with the crime and came to wider attention as a suspect after his death when he was accused by his son. Los Angeles homicide detective Steve Hodel of killing Short and committing several additional murders prior to the Dahlia case. He was also a suspect in the death of his secretary Ruth, Ruth Spaulding but was not charged and was accused of raping his own daughter Tamar but, but acquitted. He fled the country several times and spent 1950-1990-in-the-Philippines-series-and-potential-related-crimes-several-crime-authors-as-well-as-Cleveland-detective-Peter-Merillo-have-suspected-a-link-between-the-short-murder-and-the-Cleveland-Torso-murders-which-took-
The Herald Express covered the story heavily and drew comparisons to the short murder, less than a month prior, surmising the initial BD to stand for Black Dahlia. According to historian John Lewis, however, the scrolling actually read PD, ostensibly standing for Police Department. Crime authors such as Steve Hodell, son of George George Hill Hodell, and William Rasmussen have suggested in a link between the short murder and the 1946 Black Dahlia and the Chicago lipstick murders were likely connected. Among the evidence cited is the fact that Short's body was found on Norton Avenue, three blocks west of Denman Boulevard, Denman being the last name of the girl from Chicago. There were also striking similarities between the handwriting on the Denman ransom note and that of the Black Dahlia Avenger. Both texts use a combination of capitals and small letters. The Delan note read in part, Burn this for her safety. And both notes contain a similar mishappen letter P and have one word that matches exactly. Convicted serial killer William Heron served life in prison for Delan's murder. Initially arrested at 17 for breaking into a residence close to that of Denan, Herons claimed he was tortured by police, forced to confess and made a scapegoat for the murder. After being taken from the medical infirmary at the Dixon Correctional Centre on February 26, 2012, for health problems, Herons died at the University of Illinois Medical Centre on March 5, 2012 at 83. Additionally, Steve Hodell has implicated his father, George Hodell, as Short's killer, citing his father's training as a surgeon as circumstantial evidence. In 2003, it was revealed in notes from the 1949 Grand Jury report that investigators had wiretapped Hodell's home and obtained recorded conversations of him with an un- an unidentified visitor saying, Supposing I, ha- I did kill the Black Dahlia. They couldn't prove it now, they can't talk to my secretary because she's dead. Oh, that's nice. <coughs> In 1991, Janice Norton, a woman who was 10 years old at the time of Short's murder, claimed that she witnessed her father, George Norton, beat Short sought to death with a claw hammer in the detached garage of her family's home in Westminster. She also published a book titled Daddy Was a Black Dahlia Killer in 1995 in which she made additional claims that her father sexually molested her. The book was condemned as trash by Norton's stepsister, Yolaine Emerson, in 2004, who stated she believed it but it wasn't reality. I know because I lived with her father for 16 years. Additionally, Detective St. John told the Times that Norton's claims were not consistent with the facts of the case. John Gilmore's 1994 book, Severed, The True Story of the Black Dahlia Murder, suggests 
a possible connection between Schwartz murder and that of Georgette Bordeaux, a socialite who was strangled to death in her West Hollywood home in 1944. Gilmore suggests that Schwartz's employment at the Hollywood canteen, where Bordeaux also worked as a hostess, could be a potential connection between the two women. However, the claim that Short ever works at the Hollywood canteen has been disputed by others, such as the retired Times copy editor Larry Hannes. The 2017 book Black Dahlia Red Rose by Plu Etrell focuses on Leslie Dillon, a bellhop who was a former mortician assistant, the associates Mark Hansen and Jeff Connors and Sergeant Finnis Brown, a lead detective who had links to Hansen and was allegedly corrupt. Each world posts that Short was, was murdered because she knew too much about the men's involvement in a scheme for robbing hotels. She further suggests that Short was killed at the Astor motel in Los Angeles, where the owners reported finding one of their rooms covered in blood and fecal matter. On the morning Short's body was found, the examiner stated in 1949 that LA Police Chief William A. Wharton denied that the Flower Street Astor motel had anything to do with the case, although its rival newspaper, the LA Herald claimed that the murder took place there. Eatwell is working on a television documentary and revised edition of her book is due to be released in the autumn of 2018. <coughs> in 2002, Buzz Williams, a retired detective with the Long Beach Police Department, wrote an article for the LBPD newsletter, The Rap Sheet on Short's Murder. Williams' father, Richard F. Williams, and his friend, Con Keller, were both members of L.A. Gangster's squad investigating the, the case. Williams Senior, Senior believed that Dillon was the killer, and that when Dillon returned to his home state of Oklahoma, he was able to avoid extradition to California because his ex-wife, Georgia Stevenson, was second cousins with Governor Ada Stevenson, second of Illinois, who contacted the governor of Oklahoma on Dillon's behalf. Keller believed Hansen was the killer, as he had studied at a surgical school in Sweden and had thrown elaborate parties attended by prominent LAPD officials. Williams' article says that Dillon sued the LAPD for three million, but that the suit was dropped. Hamish disputes this claiming that Dillon was cleared by police after an exhaustive me, investigation and that the district attorney's files positively placed him in San Francisco where Short was killed. Hamish claims that there was no LAPD cover-up and that Dillon did in fact receive a financial settlement from the city of LA but has not produced concrete evidence to prove this.
<coughs> Let me take a little break again. Um, Excuse me. Right. <coughs> Rumours and factual disputes. Numerous details regarding Short's personal life and death have been points of public dispute. The eager involvement of both the public and press in solving her murder have been credited as factors that complicated that complicated the investigation significantly, resulting in a complex, sometimes inconsistent, narrative of events. According to Anne-Marie de Stefano of the Portland Tribune, many unsubstantiated stories have circulated about sort over the years. She was a prostitute, she was fitted, she was pregnant, she was a lesbian, and somehow, instead of fading away over time, the legend of the Black Dahlia just keeps getting more convoluted. Hamish has refused several supposed rumours and popular conceptions about Short and her murder, and also disputed the, valid- the validity of Gilmore's book, severed, claiming the book is 25% mistakes and 50% fiction. Hamish also had examined the district attorney's files. He claimed that Steve Hodell has examined some of them pertaining to his father. Along with Times columnist Steve Lopez, and contrary to Etrell's claims, the files showed that Dylan was thoroughly investigated and was determined to have been in San Francisco when Short was killed. Hamish speculated that Etrell either did not find these files or she chose to ignore them. Murder and state of the body. A number of people none of whom knew Short, contacted police and the newspapers and claimed to have seen her during her so-called missing week between her January 9th disappearance and the discovery of her body on January 15th. Police and DA investigators ruled out each alleged sighting. In some cases, those interviewed were identifying other women whom they had mistaken for Short. Short's whereabouts in the days leading up to her murder and the discovery of her body are unknown. After the discovery of Short's body, numerous LA Aziz newspapers printed headlines claiming she had been tortured leading up to her death. This was denied by law enforcement at the time, but they allowed the claims to circulate so as to keep Short's actual cause of death a secret from the public. Some sources, such as Oliver Syriac's Crime and Encyclopedia, 1993, state that Short's body was covered in cigarette burns inflicted on her while she was still alive, though there was no indication of this in her official autopsy report. In Sevier, Gilmore states that the coroner who performed Short's autopsy suggested in conversation that she had been forced to consume feces based on his findings when examining the contents of her stomach. This claim has been denied by Hamish 
and is also not indicated in Short's official autopsy, though it has been reprinted in several print and online media. <coughs> the Black Dahlia name. According to newspaper reports, shortly after the murder, Short received the name Black Dahlia from staff and patrons at a Longer Beach drugstore in mid-1946 as wordplay on the film The Blue Dahlia, 1946. Other popularly circulated rumours claimed that the media crafted the name with Judy Short's adorning hair adorning her hair with dahlias. According to the FBI, FBI official website, she received the first part of the nickname from the, pe- from the press for her rumoured penchant for sheer black clothes. However, reports by DA investigators state that the nickname was invented by newspaper reporters covering her murder. Herald Express reporter Bevo Means, who interviewed Short's acquaintance at the drugstore, had been credited with the first using the Black Dahlia name. The reporters understand Underwood and Jack Smith have been alternatively named as its creators. While some sources claim that Short was referred to or went by the name during her life, other disputes this. Both Gilmore and Hamish agree that the name originated during Short's lifetime and was not a creation of the press. Hamish states that it was in fact a nickname she earned from the staff of the Long Beach drugstore she frequented. In Severed, Gilmore names an A.L. Landers as the proprietor of the drugstore though he does not provide the store name. Prior to the circulation of the Black Dahlia name, Short's killing had been dubbed the Railroad Murder by the Herald Express due to the brutal nature of the crime. Alleged prostitution and sexual history. Many true crime books many true crime books claim that Short lived in or visited LA at various times in the mid-1940s, including Gilmore's Severed, which claims he worked at the Hollywood Canteen. This is disputed by Hamish, who states that Short did not, in fact, live in LA until after the canteen's closing in 1945. Although some of her acquaintances and several authors and journalists described Short as a prostitute or a call girl, during her time in LA. According to Hamish, the contemporaneous grand jury proved that they were that there was no existing evidence that she was ever a prostitute. Hamish claims that the rumour regarding the short's history as a prostitute originates from John Gregory Dunn's nineteen seventy seven novel True Conf- True Confessions, which is based in part on the crime Another widely circulated rumour, sometimes used to counter claims that Short was a prostitute, holds that Short was unable to have sexual intercourse because of a congenital defect that resulted in gonadal dysgenesis, also known as infantile genitalia. 
Los Angeles County District Attorney's file states that the investigators had questioned three men with whom Short had engaged in sex, including a Chicago police officer who was a suspect in the case. FBI files on the case was also contain a statement from one of Short's alleged lovers. Short's autopsy itself, which was reprinted in full in Michael Newton's 2009 book, The Encyclopedia of Unsolved Crimes, notes that her uterus was small. However, no other information on the autopsy is provided that would suggest her reproductive organs were anything other than anatomically normal. The autopsy also states that Short was not and had never been pregnant, contrary to what had been claimed prior to and following her death. Another rumour that Short was a lesbian has been circulated, has often circulated. According to Gilmore, this rumour began after Beryl Mings of the Herald Express was told by the deputy coroner that Short wasn't having sex with men due to her purportedly small genitalia. Mings took this to mean that Short had sex with women, and both he and reporter Sid Hughes began fruitlessly investigating gay bars in LA for further information. <coughs> well, for one, just because you have, like, small genitalia or that you don't sleep around with men, does not mean, that does not mean that you are a lesbian. <coughs> and the same thing goes for men. Just because men don't sleep around with women don't, doesn't mean that men are gay. Right, so that so that argument is, is flawed. But anyway, <coughs> legacy. Short is in, in short is interred at the Mountain View Cemetery in Oakland. After her younger sisters had grown up and married, their mother Phoebe moved to Oakland to be near her daughter's grave. She finally returned to the East Coast in the 1970s, where she lived into her 90s. On February 2nd, 1947, just two weeks after Short's murder, Republican State Assemblyman C. Don Field was prompted by the case to introduce a bill calling for the formation of Sex Offender Registry. The state of California would become the first U.S. state to make the registration of sex offenders mandatory. Short's murder had been described as one of the most brutal and culturally enduring crimes in American history. And Time magazine listed it as one of the most infamous unsolved cases in the world. <coughs> Short's life and death have been the basis of numerous books and films, both fictionalised and non-fiction. The case was the focus of season 4, episode 13 of Hunter, in which the main characters, along with a fictitious veteran, former police detective played by Lawrence Tierney investigated and carried out an arrest of an in reality fictitious suspect after 41 years. Elizabeth Short was portrayed here by Jessica Nielsen. Among the most famous fictional accounts of Short's death is James Elroy's 1987 novel The Black Dahlia which in addition to the murder explored the larger fields of politics crime, corruption and paranoia in post-war LA. 
According to cultural critic David M. Fine, Elroy's novel was adapted into a, 20, into a 2006 film of the same name by director Brian De Palma. Short was played by actress Mia Kirsner. Both Elroy's novel and its film adaptation bear little relation to the facts of the case. Short was also portrayed in heavily fictionalised accounts by Lucy Amaz in the 1975 television film Who is the Black Dahlia? and again by Mena Saveri in the series American Horror Story in 2011, featuring Short in the plotline of the episode Spooky Little Girl and again in 2018 with Return to Murder House. So that was the Black Dahlia. <coughs> Elizabeth Short, the, ba- the, uh, the Black Dahlia. As always, that will be it for episode seven, episode 7. Again, please do follow us over on Instagram at rthinetruthshow. Also, follow me on Instagram as well, if you'd like to, at Billy burn official and until the next episode uh stay safe take precautions only go out if you need to and above all enjoy the rest of your evening see you next time guys bye